welcome to Pharmacy View podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In this stream of podcast episodes, we discuss aspects of pharmacy career, resources and training, and how each area interacts with guest current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Kavita Nadan, pharmacist founder from Locomate, and my guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions. For all of your shelf and digital marketing needs, part of the Arion Technologies Group. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on my first ever podcast of the Careers Resource and Training Series with Pharmacy View Podcast. And today I have my first ever guest, Karen Brown. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. What a privilege (laughs) to be first. (laughs) I know. When I was going through, like Scott said, you know, make your list, let me know who you want to start off with. I was like, okay, Karen Brown's at the top. Like, <laughs> I have followed your journey over the good past year once I joined LinkedIn and it's just been amazing day on day to see, you know, what you're doing, what you're up to. It's very inspiring, to be honest. I mean, managing partner at TWC Arana Hills, founder of Batch Tested, um, previous professional netballer for the Firebirds, uh, so much going on. But you know, there's no better person than yourself to let us know who Karen Brown is. So take it away, Karen. Uh, Who I am, uh, as you mentioned, I wear a lot of hats and I love all those hats and I do actually think there's a synergy between all of them. So first and foremost, a pharmacist, a childhood dream, 14-year-old at Year 9, Careers Information Day, decided I wanted to be a pharmacist uh, because I want to help people and I thought they looked like really pretty places to work. And back in the 90s, they were all that kind of glamour David Jones style pharmacies. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to do that. And now um, as a, I own a partner in two stores now um, and over time have been a partner in four stores. Uh, love pharmacy ownership. Um, then obviously then expanded into batch tested, um, which is a nice synergy between my netball career and my pharmacy career. And then obviously um, with Pharmacy Redefined, which is about helping owners uh, through an owner's uh, summit. So, um, and then I'm a wife and I'm a mum. So, yes, jack of all trades, but love it. I know. (laughs) And I think like having so much variety probably helps to, you know, pursue other passions and, and do other projects. So what have you found, you know, being, having so many things going on at the same time, what are some of the synergies or things that you've found have helped to work for one thing and help to contribute to, you know, pursue other things? Like what are some some things that kind of interconnected that help you to achieve these things? I think the core of it is I just want to help people. So whether it's helping my team be better people, whether it's helping my patients get healthier, um, whether it's helping my community, um, my industry, when it comes to helping other owners and now helping athletes as well. And I think so much of what I learned in sport is what I apply in business. I think there's a huge cross-section there. Um, And it really, at the core of it, whether it's sport or business, you are just a people manager. You're bringing a group of individuals together for a common goal, whether that's to be the most successful pharmacy, to win a premiership. It's just managing people. And I think right at my core of all the things I do, I just love helping people and making people better. And then there's a flow and effect to your community and your industry Um, and yourself as well I think yeah so the core is the same um, but I do love that variety of no day is the same 
Um, and even getting into speaking roles now and presenting and I've kind of got three weekends in a row of presenting. So things like I just love that variety. I love the business side of it. I love the clinical side of it. Uh, I love the sporting side of it. So, yeah, I feel quite privileged actually that and grateful that I get to do what I love doing and I think that's infectious then as well. Couldn't agree with you more. And I think the more that you step outside of your comfort zone and experience little things like, you know, for example, the speaking or presentations, like yeah. for some people that would be really daunting. But once you start to do it, it kind of becomes this little thrill or this high, like, hey, I'm out there speaking and imparting information. Yeah. Um, so when, you know, being an entrepreneur and being, you know, having this diverse range of activities and projects that you're part of, for somebody who might be starting out thinking, you know, hey, I've been doing like, you know, just in, I've been in community pharmacy, but I want to venture out, I want to try something different. What would be probably, let's say, your top three advice for somebody who might want to start out in something completely different? I think um, the biggest one is take your blinkers off. And definitely early in my career, probably the first 10 years of my career, I was the managing partner at Sanford before I sold it. And it was my baby. That was the one thing I did. And I think probably a negative from sport is we are so goal-driven and that can create quite a tunnel vision and you kind of forget the periphery of what's actually available. And I feel definitely in the last probably five years, I've really just gone left, right, centre kind of thing. So I definitely think don't have your blinkers on. Um, absolutely say yes to opportunities because you just never know where a door will lead you. Um, so have your have that periphery, say yes when people offer you an opportunity. Um, and also one of my favourite quotes is build the plane while you're flying it. Don't wait for perfection. You can adapt and adjust and, you know, yes, have your parachute ready to go. But I think it's something that people procrastinate too long and just miss the opportunity. So just get, you've got your concept, just go for it. And ultimately what's the worst thing that can happen? And that's, how batch tested started for me was just friends going, you've got all these connections in pharmacy. You used to be an athlete. You're the perfect person to execute this platform for us. I'd never run an e-com platform before, done anything like this. And it was just, yes, now wing it to an extent, but yes, let's just do it. And I'll surround myself with the right people that can help me do every, and that's something in own, pharmacy ownership. You don't have to know every aspect. You surround yourself with an amazing accountant, an amazing lawyer, the bank manager, those kind of people. You don't have to know everything yourself. So uh, say yes and then work out what you need to do, but don't wait for it to be perfect either before you launch because launching is part of the fun and then it's just adapting and building on it and what worked, what didn't work, how do we change that, what can we do better. That is amazing. Like, And I tell this to a lot of my students as well that, you know, if we end up having to wait, and especially in startup land, like there is no time. Like you have to just jump both feet in and yeah. surround yourself with people who will probably have that expertise that you're looking for. But the main thing is to start, right? Um, Absolutely. And that's, that's number one and that's literally you've nailed that on the head and I think that's so important, yeah. whether it be just even going out to, you know, manage a pharmacy, which might be so daunting for some of the young early career pharmacists out there. But Amazing. Great. I think um, there's a really common trend at the moment of get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like yeah. you just have to, you can't. Yeah. Life is quite boring if it's you just stay in equilibrium. Like you think of a seesaw, you've got to go <laughs> out to the edges and guess what? It may go up or it may go down, but there's yeah. a whole lot more fun happens out there 
than sitting perfectly in the middle on equilibrium. Well, I think that also contributes to this whole thing of, you know, uh, stagnation in, in our careers, right? If we are not willing to go out there and seek it ourselves, then it's all, it's us. It's, we have to be proactive. Right. Yeah. But nobody's going to stand there. Oh, you're not going to have to, you can't wait there and wait for somebody to go, hey, this is a great opportunity. Come. No. Like, and especially I'm finding now more than ever for us to be um, so much more present and um, get the most out of our careers and even professionally and even personally, we have to step outside of that comfort zone, but also yeah. go out and reach it and find it, um, which is literally what you're doing right now. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. Um, so, I mean, this is, you've had so much going on, not just over the past however many years, but even more so recently, um, being nominated for Farm Guild Pharmacy of the Year. Where were you when you found out that news? Um, we were just in stores. So obviously we've had a huge 12 months, 18 months at Arana Hills. Um, yeah. We won National Cherry White Came Up Pharmacy of the Year, which um, was just huge considering the store's 42 years old. Um, I've been an owner for four years of that um, yeah. with my business partner. Um, but to think how much we've transformed that in the last couple of years, you know, we've clocked over 25,000 COVID vaccinations. Um, so we've really absolutely put our mark in our community. And so then, yes, when the submission, when the email came through to say that we'd been nominated, um, I thought it was a real nice reflection of our store and how much it's grown and what we have achieved um and I'm very big on you know challenging the status quo doing things differently um and I think personally for me it's been a really good I had huge success at my former store at Sanford and one of the reasons I was really keen to manage partner another store was to kind of I suppose prove to myself that I could do it again but in a very different environment and a very different way um and so yes it's it's really nice to be recognized it's nice for the team to be recognized um but also I'm very strong with the team that you don't need validation from the outside world to know that you're doing a good job um you know the culture in the team the response from the community that's amazing and the validation from the higher powers to be is a really nice um, a really nice thing to have on your trophy shelf um, but it's not the be all and end all for you know I think people do get disappointed sometimes um, when they don't get recognized or get that validation and it's really important as long as internally you guys know you're doing a really good job and your community responds to that um, then that's a win as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think if you don't have that internal motivating factors, you're not ever going to get to where you Never. want to get to Correct. anyway, right? Um, it just, it's just icing on the cake when you get recognised, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Nationally as well. Um, so, you know, obviously very successful pharmacy that you're running and, you know, that last four years is a testament to how much hard work and, and this recognition is contributing to that. Where do you think... Um, are some of the training that other pharmacies could potentially invest in at a pharmacy level, it, whether it be staff or um, professional services, what do you think is important right now? Oh, look, I think both of those channels are extremely important. Um, I invest heavily in personal development for my team. Um, I'm a really strong believer that people want to belong to something bigger than themselves and um, people want to belong in a team. Um, people, you know, your community want to be part of something, be part of something in the industry, and all of that success then flows through for the greater good of your business. Yes. Um, my other philosophy is that you leave a better person than when you started with me. 
And I think there's a lot of trends where you might have someone for 10, 15, 20 years. You may have someone for two years as a part-time job while they're studying law at uni. Um, so I think our workforce is very part-time, full-time, yes. career-orientated, stepping stones. Um, so as long as I develop you as a person and you leave a better person, then I've absolutely done my job. Um, and that then becomes that personal development. So I invest quite heavily in leadership training for my team, um, even just as simple as investing in initiatives that we do. Like we did a Shark Tank this year, which was hugely successful. Oh, that um, looked amazing. So many <laughs> ideas. that idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, something, I think it all comes back to the culture that you have and the foundation that you set up in your store. Um, but for me, that really showed, you know, 12 people in their own time, the amount of work they put into their pictures blew me away. It actually just made me so proud that they were that dedicated at 8 o'clock at night at the end of potentially being there for 12 hours that they were so passionate about putting in a pitch to see how they could better our store. Yeah. Um, now, once again, that is a ripple effect that you yeah. get the right people on your bus and I'm very big about the team around a bus, yeah. um, you know, getting a ticket on that bus and what it means to be on that bus and what role you play on the bus. Um, and we don't want people with their feet out the door trying to go the other direction or hold you up kind of thing. Um, and so whilst I think it's very much, uh, you know, there's so much opportunity out there for employment at the moment, but still finding the right people is just so important for so many aspects. And one of the beautiful things I think when people walk into the store is when they say, I love the vibe in here, or we got a customer review that just said it looks like a really fun place to work. And I was really privileged to go to LA pre-COVID and go to the Disney Institute at Disneyland. And one of the famous quotes by Walt Disney is people can feel perfection. And when you walk into Disneyland, you can just feel something special. And I love that when we execute that so well in store that people feel like it's a warm hug or feel like they belong to our pharmacy. Um, and so that does it. That's environment. You surround yourself with the amazing people that everyone just filters through that environment. Uh, then from a professional development, I look, I think we're sitting on the premises of some huge, the scope that we are going to see in pharmacy in the next five years is just skyrocketing, which is so exciting. Um, I'm really big on specialty pharmacy and pharmacists, yeah, having a real niche. Uh, even our assistants, I think that's the future for assistants as well, having these niches. Um, and that's something I really look for in pharmacists, that you have a specialty, um, you know, charge fee for service. Um, and I really think that our pharmacies are going to be Look, there's going to be two. There's going to be a big box and then I think there's going to be these boutique health hubs where even we've had specialists reach out to us that want to use our clinic rooms and things like that where people realise now you don't need mass waiting rooms, you don't need receptionists and certain specialties that actually don't need a lot of equipment either. They just want a clinic space and the pharmacy is the perfect space and it's a win-win for both of you. Um, so I think previously medical centres were that and then the pharmacy was just a little outshot of that. I think the pharmacy will be the core and then the outshots will be all the specialties. But, look, I think it's a really exciting time to be in pharmacy and I think, um, you know, we've really 
springboarded over the last few years in our community of what people know we can do and I think that's just going to go even further um, over the next few years. Yeah. Do do you think there has to be changes in the way that we structure our pharmacies to allow these these new services, these new, you know, um, upskilling to happen? What what do you think that looks like? Yeah. So I'm actually um, opening a new store next year and we're looking at the store of the future concept and it comes down to... I think the big thing is the script flow, you know, one of the days that you go to the doctor next door, you get a piece of paper and you walk into the pharmacy next door and get it filled. Um, There's talk that, you know, in the next couple of years, 50% of um, doctor's appointments will be telehealth. You know, now we're going to have, we've got tokens, we've got ASL, we've got scripts, we've got e-commerce, you know, all the online doctors now, like um, script acquisition is huge. But what does that journey look like in the pharmacy? And I think the core of the pharmacy will always be the same, but I think the customer journey and the tech side of it um, and also how much the customer can do themselves in their own time. Um, And, yeah, and also I think, and I haven't got an answer to this, but I think we've become so accessible, so accessible. Um, How do we then be accessible but at the right timing and that triage in front of you or you know I'd love to see fee-for-service with telehealth consults for pharmacists and you know we just give away so much free information and as a day-night pharmacy you know I can spend 15-20 minutes on the phone to someone and I'm like I can't charge you for that at the end of that but how do I you know it's and people I think are so just have always known pharmacy give free advice um, but I think you will really notice a difference over the next few years where they will actually book in for a consult with the pharmacist for minor ailments, all those kind of things. Um, and I think it will be really zoned in the pharmacy, you know, mm-hmm. I think stores within hubs within hubs kind of thing. So let me answer it in 12 months when I open my new store. <laughs> Perfect. I'll, I'll be, we'll be having another chat, I'm sure, about yeah. how it's actually going. Um, but I, I agree. That's that's the way of the future, isn't it? I mean, technology is becoming a lot more prevalent. Um, I know, you know, we are a bit of a conservative industry in a sense when, when new things and change come along. But I think collectively we need to think about this, that how do we, A, put this into our workflow um, and utilise it and make it a uh, empower what we're doing. But at the same time, 100% agree, the, the fee for service and, you know, showing that we are a profession, we are medical medicine specialists and that, you know, you can't just come in and just expect to be served and given 15 out minutes of our time Correct. without without valuing that information Correct. and our expertise. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I, I feel like you've just completely got that 100% but it needs to be across the board because when you have people doing differently to you know pharmacies doing differently to to what we want to achieve that's where this disconnect happens and I think the more we start to make this a norm that's going to be what drives the community to realize wait this this is like going to the GP Um, this is yeah you see it in GP land now like we used to have probably two bulk billing practices and now they've completely reverted like they're like no we're changing that model now and it's it's important um so you know community pharmacy is going through a lot of changes and, and and we've discussed you know that there will obviously be a big shift in terms of technology and and whatnot but 
I think investing in our people and the culture, which you do so well and continue to do. And a great example of that was the, the recent um, owner summit that you did up in Uluru, yeah. which looked amazing. Um, what inspired you to pursue that project? Um, yeah, it is a side gig and some people say, why, why do you and Felicity do this? But uh, I think it goes back to I just want to help people and I want to be surrounded. I get so inspired by my peers and um, I think as well, there's not, I love the business side of pharmacy ownership and uh, it's generally not a massive feature of our conference program. And I do go to business conferences outside of pharmacy and I just thought, hang on a minute, I want to listen to these speakers and I want to hear from them. I could go to their workshops or I could bring them in and do it with 50 of my favourite owners. Um, and it's a really it's a really magical space and I'm not quite, people kind of go, how does it work? You're technically all competitors, but we're so not. We're kind of each other's cheerleaders. And I think when we talk about we want to fully shift an industry and what people should expect when they walk into a pharmacy, that one person may be able to start the ripple effect, but it's actually, you know, if there's 100, 500, 1,000 pharmacies doing some of these amazing things, which there already are, um, but it's just, yeah, to be each other's biggest cheerleaders and some of the best information you get is actually just from the owner next to you. And Uluru was really special where there was a lot of people that were broken and there was a lot of people that had actually just blossomed in the last few years. Um, and it's a really safe space where people can just be really honest. And when you have people come up to you at the end and say, you've just totally renewed my passion for pharmacy. I'll be forever grateful. Like that was some of the notes I got, we got. That's just like it's worth every bit of part-time after hours trying to do it. But it comes down to as an owner, it's one of my favourite weeks of the year and I just happen to be one of the organisers as well. But it's a really, really special and I feel, as I said, quite lucky that there's so many amazing owners in our industry that do just want to share best practice and make each other better. I think you just had it at the most perfect time, like two mm. years post-pandemic, and you're right, there were probably so many owners that were burnt out beyond belief and, you know, something like this would have just not allowed them to just reignite their passion but also just to have somebody who understands them. Correct. Like we can we can talk to our colleagues and we talk to our staff and, and a lot of times we don't because we want to remain that rock or that person who's constantly motivating them. But to have someone like-minded and understand that, that was like the perfect environment. For that. And I think um, it can, ownership can be really lonely and, mm -hmm. yes, you can be part of banner groups and part of families but, you know, definitely through the last few years it's been very swan-like where above the surface we've got it all together but underneath you're going a million miles an hour and the amount of filtering of information and protecting your staff and it's been huge and I think as well it's you know there's young owners in the room that see older owners that they are struggling and they're like wow I thought I'm 15 years in I thought I should have it all together but they're 30 years in and I'm yeah. exactly the same and that's okay um but then also the people that had the confidence to go, actually, we thrived through the last few years and I don't want to disregard what, you know, what you're saying, but my team really thrived and I'm really proud of them. And I think that's really important as well. And I spoke at pharmacy assistance conferences, 
don't get sucked into the doom and gloom and just be part of the snowball. Actually have the courage to go, actually, I'm really proud of what we're doing and I think it's going to be great and I think what our scope and all, like don't just get sucked into the easy option of just going with the doom and gloom that actually have the courage to go, actually, I love this industry and I think what we're doing is really great and I'm really proud of what we're doing and I can't wait to see what happens next kind of thing. I love that because I feel like recently, especially um, in media, especially social media, there seems to be these certain pockets of groups who who tend to just talk about that doom and gloom. And whereas I'm just here like, hey, guys, the optimism, you know, this is, but that's collectively, as we keep talking about, if we talk about and we celebrate all the good that we've done as a result, it's a good thing. Yes, we can we can lament on the fact that, you know, there were some hard times and it was Absolutely. tough. And yeah. it will be tough moving forward, right? But yeah. can you imagine we're a profession that are getting the chance to just grow and be able to do all these things. Um, and I think having an owner's summit, the, the, the thing I love about this is that, yes, as owners you get to, to go to a few conferences and events and stuff, but you don't have that chance to really connect and work with like-minded people in the sense that you can discuss ideas. Um, So what were some of the really surprising things that you got from the conference that you think, wow, I didn't even think about that before or, you know, that. It's actually just the little things. I think Mm -hmm. people think there's these massive sharings of information, but I think one of the things we do really differently is, um, and every conference in our calendar has its place, which I love. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is all about workshop style, one speaker a day, fully deep diving into your exact issue and how can we help kind of thing. And it's the little things, like one of the biggest things we talked about in the culture section was onboarding and when they sign the contract and when they start, which is maybe, you know, two, three weeks, four weeks later, just how critical that time is and how much do we actually do in that time and what some stores are doing with their onboarding program and welcoming kits and um, like the video we did for Guild Pharmacy of the Year, we actually now use as our welcome video to staff that we send out to them to get a real grasp of this is and how much we induct on processes and procedures but we don't actually induct on culture. And normally they arrive on the first day and you're like, okay, great, you know how to use Mintos? Great, there's customer, let's go. And you kind of, but what do we actually need to do? And I think as well sometimes we get caught up in, well, we're not corporates, we're different, but actually we're not. And yeah. how we can learn from the corporate world. Um, and, you know, recently I took my team away for the weekend, which is always if we win National Store of the Year, they get to spend the money on a weekend away. And you can make it happen. And I know we've got a small team, but it's really hard sometimes when you hear people go, oh, we do Friday lunch and we close early and you're like, well, that's really great. But when you're a retail environment where you've got to open and close, and I think that's something where everyone was talking about flexibility and work from home in an industry where that's not possible, yes. but will that always be the case? And we actually did a, um, it's called um, World Cafe. So you had six stations and you had cafe owners And we talked about the future of pharmacy and what do we think it's going to look like from a store design, from a recruitment perspective, from a tech perspective, uh, from a wholesaling perspective, from an accounting profit and loss perspective, um, and from a drug company perspective. And we all went around and shared all of our ideas at each station and then the cafe owners present 
all of their information of what the group. So stuff like that, like what do we expect our revenue streams to be on our profit and loss in the next few years? What do we expect our wage budget to be, our rent to be? So stuff like that that you just get down into the real nitty-gritty and, you know, how do we, how do different people package their their packages for employer employees yeah. and how do you bundle it all up? And um, so it is actually just sharing day-to-day information. And as I said to you, some people go, but your competitors, but what I do in Brisbane, if I can help someone in Canberra or they use this platform to do sleep apnea and you can use the same platform in Brisbane or Perth. Um, but it's also about having the right people in the room. Like we're very quite selective and it's very boutique and it has to stay boutique because the boutiqueness of it makes the space safe. Yeah. Um, so that's where it's just this magic kind of, and to think we're a year away and we've got four spots left and we have no agenda, no speakers. We're actually working through all the speakers at the moment and there's almost too much good content out there <laughs> to fit into three <laughs> days. Choose, yes. Yeah. Um, and I feel as well the pressure's on. We've set such a high standard now that <laughs> we've got to really deliver. But, um, look, I love it. As I said, as an owner, it's my favourite week of the year. Perfect. Um, yeah. I think what, like, I got from this is the, the, the need to spend that time away from store, away from pharmacy, to have these creative discussions and to be able to get everyone's input, right? Um, One thing that possibly a lot of people or a lot of owners should do is get that engagement from all their staff, whether it's your junior who works one shift a week up to, you know, your colleague or pharmacist who's your full-time manager. Um, Because everyone has something to say and it might be important in shaping that pharmacy. And it's something we spoke about um, at the conference on the weekend with the assistants is yes. you've got to have a culture in your store, though, that cultivates ideas. Absolutely. Um, yes. And what do you do with those ideas? Um, and if it's a suggestion box, who actually looks at those ideas, who follows Absolutely. up on them? But also if you're putting forward an idea, you following up on that as well. And also I'm very big on coming with a plan and depending on where you probably sit in the store in your role, what I expect from you, but the really good ones will be, here's my plan, um, here's my pitch, this is my plan, this is what I want to do, this is how much it's going to cost, this is how we're going to market it, this is what our return's going to be, this is what I expect at the end. Yeah. But you also might have a junior that just has an idea mm-hmm. and knows what they want at the end, but you need to help them join the dots as well to get them to there. Yeah. But, yeah, thinking about step two, step three, step four is really, really good and also how you actually, um, yeah, you've got to have an environment where people can give you ideas but also how to handle those ideas that if you're, mm, I don't think we're quite on track there without squashing them because fear yeah. of rejection is really, well, you dished my last idea so I'm not going to give you another one, yeah. um, how you actually handle that and how you can work and massage it to still get a really good outcome. And I think with Shark Tank, we had 12 very different ideas, which really surprised me as well, that they all went down different tracks. We always have a philosophy that there's three pillars. There's health, team and community and your ideas. So we do strategy sessions twice a year and then we do Shark Tank. They come with an idea and it's got to form into one of those pillars. And then collectively as a team, which ones do we want to back? Which ones are we? Because once again, one person can't run that idea. It's got to be everyone behind it. And how do you win over all your teammates to go, this is a really good idea? 
but also you can't always quantify return on investment and I think that's really important as well. Um, yes. There's a lot of ways to see that it's working and it's not just in a balance sheet to go, well, this is how much we spent and this yes. is how much we've made, but also it's also not immediate um, response either. It might yes. be months down the track that someone now shops at your pharmacy because of an event or a promotion or something that you did six months ago. That's right. And that's like when we going back to earlier, right? Going into it, deep diving into into whatever, you know, idea or project you might have. But then having also the ability to see, hey, I might not get return on investment, whether it be through, you know, increased customers or it be people knowing about it or branding or whatever. But to know that you little milestones that you wish to achieve over the next Two months, and three I months, think yeah. sometimes the intangible is actually so much more beneficial oh, than the yeah. tangible. It's <laughs> the magic. It's the stuff you can't see um, yeah. that I think actually makes your team and then yeah. indirectly makes your business very successful. I love that. Thank you so much for that, Karen. Okay, just as a closer, um, what advice, if you were to go back to your 18-year-old Karen, what advice would you give to her right now? See, at 18, I was playing professional netball and I'd actually just missed out on my um, score to get into pharmacy. So I ended up doing science first. And at that time I was like, is the world going to end because I didn't get into my dream career that I always wanted to do. Um, But things always happen for a reason. And also just make the most, enjoy each moment. Like I'm very driven and forward thinking and achieve one thing, what's on to the next thing, which is a very sport thing. I, I move on pretty quickly. You know, you think of netball, you play every week, and I just move on. Yep, sort of tick. We've done that. We've done that really well. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Um, but I was very privileged to do Kokoda back in 2019 with a group from Terry White Ken Martin. It's one of the most amazing experiences I've ever done. And one of the biggest learnings from that was just be where your feet are. And that's something that I'm really trying to do with everything that I juggle just be where your feet are and be in that moment. And I wish, you know, back in my late teens that I would have kind of smelt the roses more along the way. And I definitely do that now. I really try and um, take it all in, but then get going again. (laughs) (laughs) There are only certain things we can change. (laughs) Some things are just intrinsically habits by now. But I'm so I'm so glad to hear that you are trying to make some changes um, because, you know, at the end of the day, like little things, if we tweak, we just get to see a different perspective on things, right? Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much for your time today, Karen. I I feel like talking to you, I'm just like talking to somebody who completely gets it and um, literally what's in my head and has been for the past however many years, like that was just verbalised and this conversation was so riveting and so amazing and I'm so excited that Hey, you're my first guest, so I'm so honoured for that. <laughs> and I and I know that we'll be talking again because, as you said, there's a lot of projects that you are involved yes. in coming up. And um, I guess I'll have to look at the the next summit for next year. Yeah. It's my <laughs> homeland. I should come in. Okay. <laughs> <Very exciting>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you so well, much. Thank you so much. Lovely to chat. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast and don't forget to like, share and leave us a comment if you found this episode of value or have feedback. Podcast episodes are promoted through social media, LinkedIn, YouTube and major podcast mediums and each episode can be found on the Pharmacy View webpage with links to the guest contact and business details.
If you're a pharmacist or industry support supplier and would like to join us on an episode, send us a message through LinkedIn or complete the inquiry form on the Pharmacy View webpage. I'm your host, Kavita Nadan, pharmacist founder from Locomate, and thanks again for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast. Music